Before we get to the show, I want to tell you a quick message from our friends at the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer does not stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event. Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill. Climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, your Brooklyn Nets podcast, we're going to talk about the structure that was unveiled that will bring your Brooklyn Nets back to a basketball court. The question that we're going to be answering is whether Kevin Durant and Kyrie oh, Irving oh, boy. Here will it is. join the court as well. To paraphrase, Mike, would you say the Nets are back? Welcome back to the glue guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, hello. Brian. Love. Check us out on Twitter at BK glue guys. Netsdaily.com. The athletic go to iTunes. Five stars ratings. We need them. We have to have him. Brian. Yeah. Yeah. The Nets are back. <laughs> we did it. We two months away. <laughs> back. We did it. Wow. Wow. He is fired up. He's doing a hand series. He's doing a cartwheel. Was that all? Oh, a gainer. Half, half back spring gainer. My gosh. Mike, um, you stuck the landing. What a, what a day. I mean, obviously a lot's very much going on, um, but this podcast will very much be about what we just found out today from the National Basketball Association. The NBA has come to an agreement for a 22-team format from which... The NBA will finish its 2019-2020 season. Among those 22 teams is your Brooklyn Nets. Who will be on the roster when basketball returns on July 31st is when games will be. The NBPA, the Players Association, has not agreed to this point yet, but from what we understand, they will likely agree to it and it will move forward. Brian, wow. Wow, wow, Mike, wow, wow. Let's wow. get into it. I am so ready to talk about actual basketball news, okay? Because now it's official. There's real news. And, you know, this this whole last three months, it's been great being in your company, Mike. But <laughs> holy heck, it's been hard to talk about That's things that aren't actually suck. real. It's not real news. It's been hard. Yeah. And before we get to, like, okay, what we are going to talk about this pod, as you heard in our little intro, is we're going to go dig through... The format itself, what it means for the Nets, what it means for their playoff chances, what it means for Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, the rest of the team, on and on. We're going to do all those sort of big issues today. 
But I just want to do a quick appreciation for the moment, which was Brian and I were recording live the night the NBA were shut down. We were with Evan Roberts, and we get the tweet that the NBA is shutting down, and all hell, of course, continues to break loose in the world, but... From that moment on, Brian and I, which we were trying to figure out some kind of content to actually do. At one point, we flirted with rewatching old games, and we rewatched one old game, uh, an NBA Finals game from the Nets, and it was like the worst rated thing we've ever done <laughs> we, in we our had, lives. We did a little analytics deep dive on that and saw like, oh, what is what is this pit of this portal to hell here in our analytics? <laughs> and they're like, oh, that was that was happened to be the time we were talking about the 2003 NBA Finals. That's where that's where that happened. But I do want to say I do appreciate everyone who who continue to be our listeners during this time because our listenership has actually increased over the past few weeks, partly because of Bradley Beal trade rumors. And we just appreciate everyone who's continued to stay along for the ride. And it's a ride that will hopefully pick up steam. As we said, the NBA is supposed to return to play basketball games. July 31st. Today is June 4th. And that is, of course, <laughs> yeah, we're not exactly out of the woods yet, is, is what you're trying to say. Mike. Yeah. And, and yeah, we have yeah. seen a spike in cases in Florida in COVID-19 related cases, which is not the greatest thing. But I will say something about the NBA plan is that it is going to be in this bubble of Disney. So the hope is that everyone can be safe within one single environment and we can have basketball. Oh, though it would be so Florida if they screwed this up. I'm, I'm talking to you, Florida, right now. If you screw this up for me, <laughs> I'm coming. Well, I'm not coming to Florida, but I'm going to talk a mass of jank about you forever. They can't mess it up, guys. Get back inside. Get back inside, Florida. This is so exciting, man. So uh, we the how we got to 22 teams is a very strange path. The the beginning of it was like there was going to be every team was going to be in a tournament together. And it was going to be like March Madness, and then we would get a champion. And then some things was like the other way, which was just 16 teams in the playoffs. The NBA is doing 22 teams, it seems like, to get that money, to get the eight regular season games in, which is what they're going to do. They're going to do eight regular season games. And the schedule of it is pretty interesting, which we'll talk about later. Um, but they're going to do eight regular season games. Season's going to end. And then if the ninth-seeded team in each conference is within four games of the eighth seeded team they're going to play each other the eight and nine seeds in each conference and then if the ninth seeded team wins that game they play another game and then the winner take all if the eighth seeded team wins that game the first game being uh the eighth seeded team goes on to the playoffs a little complicated but not that complicated i think it just is like it's quite basic. i stopped paying i stopped paying attention yeah, way long exactly. ago yeah and then, and the fact is, I'll say this about the Eastern Conference, and and we're gonna kind of figure this out as we go along. But the way the NBA is gonna do its schedule is, of course, they're not gonna play what the remaining schedule was for each team because not all thirty NBA teams are going to Orlando. So what they're doing is they're playing the remaining schedule and removing the teams that aren't gonna be there and just kind of sliding the schedule along. And there's only three teams. I think it's the Heat, Trailblazers, and Lakers, who technically don't have anyone. Or Orlando is actually one of those teams, which is important to your Brooklyn Nets. It's Orlando, the Lakers, and Trailblazers who don't have like an eighth opponent. So the NBA is going to have to decide whether the Magic, and this is kind of crucial, but whether the Magic's last game of their eight is either the Lakers or Trailblazers. 
Because we go to, are you serious? That's the, wow. They haven't. <laughs> yeah, oh they, that would have to be the decision because of, like all of that all has to be mixed around. Oh, God, it's going to be so Netsian that decision. I already know what it is. <laughs> I mean, skip right to the future, but <laughs> blowout in Portland. Again. So we're going to dig into all of this. I mean, and we're going to talk about it for so much. But I think there were just a, a couple of uh, of big questions. But first, Brian. Yeah. Hi, what do you, is this plan feel, we, we had talked about in the past that like oh, yeah. you randomness would have helped the Nets on the court if they got KD back, but randomness hurts them for convincing KD because the title has to feel legitimate. How does this plan feel? Does it feel legitimate? It, it feels like the most legitimate version of what's, what was pitched. Um, and for that reason, I, that, that helps the Durant Kyrie comeback story, I think pretty, pretty immensely, Mike. And I don't want to, I don't want to get you too fired up. Okay. Because I already know <laughs> I can just see the way that you leaned in just then. Yeah. You were, there's whip the drool off your mouth. That's good. Um, there's red meat hanging off your tooth, I believe. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I do think that in terms of, for, for all of Nets land, I mean, I could have gone either way on any of it, but like, I do think it would have been fun to experiment, but this is obviously kind of ideal also the amount of games is pretty good for us because uh i think just doing some quick math the wizards would need to play out of their minds and the nets would need to play not out of their minds um in order to like miss the playoffs so missing the playoffs does not seem super possible um by any measure and also but basically what's what's interesting is that we're going to be pretty keyed into what orlando is doing i'm gonna be watching two teams very closely in the next (laughs) uh in those next months um because yeah, that seventh seed is is important, Mike. As we've talked about, it's yeah, an important one. Yeah, it's extremely important because so you're in a scenario, and there's a lot of different factors. If I'm Kevin Durant sitting back, we know that he's on the West Coast right now. He's in LA. If I'm Kevin Durant, the couple of things I'm looking at is how the NBA's format was going to be, which was this 22 team format, very legitimate format. If you're Kevin Durant, there's a benefit to this eight game regular season, which is if I was Durant and the team just went straight into the playoffs, that may not be worth it to me because I may only play four games and we get swept by the Raptors, and then, then that is it. And Kyrie Irving, the same argument applies for Kyrie Irving, whether he would want to kind of rush back from his soldier sur- surgery to play with Kevin Durant. Play- straight into the playoffs would have been bad, in fact. It would have been good from the, only the perspective that the games that Kevin Durant and Kyrie were playing were legitimate. But... It would have been rushed back. It would have been only four games. Potentially, it could be seven or whatever, but that would be it. This scenario, there's going to be preseason games, which, great, you need, and eight regular season games. So if I'm Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I know I'm going to get to at least play this bulk of games. I'm pretty confident that if I'm playing on the basketball court, the Wizards aren't going to overtake the Brooklyn Nets in this scenario. Then we're going to get to go into the playoffs so that's at least another four games that's going to be played. So that's 12 games overall. And I'm a pretty confident basketball player. I would assume we'd at least take some games from the Raptors or the Bucks. Maybe not the Bucks, but from the Raptors for sure. Um, uh, someone just tells me, this is so weird. It's like we're streaming live. Someone just told me that uh, KD's not in LA. He's in the Bay Area, which is interesting. Maybe he's back with the Warriors. Who knows? Huge data point. Um, so I do think that this format is... Is if you're yeah. KD, this is the legit format. It's this is the one. Here's and it's the slow less of an asterisk. Up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a slow like because we've heard so much from Rich Kleiman 
says it's unrealistic to talk about Katie coming back and all that stuff. And there's a hundred percent worthy concern of like rushing KD into a shortened training camp straight into the playoffs in an intense environment in a weird, just overall totally weird foreign basketball situation that they're going to be having in the bubble city of Disney world. But this is, this is very much like the beginning of any season. They're going to have, there's going to be requisite amount of time of training with the team in Orlando there's going to be a couple of preseason games of some kind, some preliminary exercises, and then there's eight pre eight regular season games. That is a clean runway into the. That is a legit runway into the season. Um, but you mentioned the seventh seed versus eighth seed situation, and it is pretty crucial. <clears throat> Quite a situation here, Mike. So basically, what you have to figure out is okay. So again, what we laid out before, which is like. If you're the eighth seed and the ninth seed is within four games of you, then you put yourself at risk about not being in the playoffs because the ninth seed team, if they then beat you twice in the play-in tournament is what they're going to be calling it, then you're not in the playoffs. The other, the real casualty though, because I don't think there's any threat that the Wizards are going to do that. The real threat is if you're the eighth seed and you have to play the Bucks in the first round. That is like horrific and I'm terrifying. I'm really hoping that the the magic phone it in. I mean, like, what, what do they have to really gain here? They're not going to get past the first round either way. Just come on, guys. They're going to be back off. The magic are going to have to live in the bubble city, right? Because it, yeah, they, everyone does, right? Isn't that the whole thing? Everyone's living in the city. But like, of course, the magic magic have they all have homes or condominiums in the greater Orlando area, you know? And I know for I mean, they're not going to be able to live in those homes. That is like kind of like, do you think oh, it's an unfair advantage? You think that they don't have to be like in the in the Epcot Center dorms? But I think they do, they would have yeah. to, right? Because you're, oh, of you're course doing, not. Can you, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't allow that if I was another. I'm trying to teams th- management. I don't. I can't imagine there's any like level of advantage that the Magic may have by the fact that all of the NBA is converging in Orlando, and they're obviously that's their home court. But there's not going to be fans. They're not going to be able to live in their houses. Here, I think this is the, sort of the key data point for the for the battle between the Nets and Magic before we get to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving specifically. Here's the Magic's proposed schedule. And this is from Dan Feldman at NBC Sports who put this together, and I appreciate him doing so. Here's the Magic schedule. Pacers, Kings, Nets, Nets, Pelicans, 76ers, Raptors, and then it's either the Lakers or Trailblazers as that last game. The Nets schedule, and again, the schedules are done what the Nets schedule or any team schedule would have been removing the bottom eight teams out of it. The Nets have Clippers. That's not good. Kings. Okay. A little shaky. Wizards, Celtics, Magic, Clippers, Magic, and Trailblazers. And that's about as good of a schedule as you can get in this scenario, right? Where it's like the team that the Nets most care about are the Magic. They get two games against the Magic. They play the Kings, who aren't very good, the Trailblazers, who are interesting, but also maybe not that good, and the Wizards, who aren't that good. And of course, there's games, even you're going to play really good teams if only really good teams are playing in the NBA at this point. So it's the Clippers, two games against them, and the Celtics. Um, I I would mark both of those, I would say the Nets have a slightly harder schedule because of two games against the Clippers. But frankly, it's it's not that much of a difference. And if you are going to have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, 
it really shouldn't be a question in our minds if they're going to like be better than the Magic in these eight games. Ultimately, if we're living in a world where Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving come back, the team's going to be we should probably, elevated. We should frame this as though they're just coming back just for the sake of it being a more interesting conversation because... <laughs> Because in the world where neither of them come back, it's like, well, who cares? Whatever. Yeah. Like, we'll get out in the first round. Fine. We'll get back to our discussion about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and the return of the NBA season for sure. But I did just want to say a quick thing. If you're one of our listeners and you own a small business in the New York City area or really anywhere else and you love the show and you want to reach out to the other people that listen to the show and promote your business uh, and sell ads, of course, on the show, you can do so by going to theathletic.com slash podcast ads. And it's a really great way if you want other like-minded Nets fans to know about the thing that you're doing with your business, you can do that right here on this show. And even better, I get to read your ad. That'd be so exciting if I read an ad from one of our listeners who was advertising on our show. What a great combination, a confluence of events. I would absolutely love it. So go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads fill out a little quick survey start the process if you're a small business owner or a big business owner you know if tim cook you listen to this podcast and you want to sponsor it i will not turn you down so small big middle large however you want to go however large your business is you can advertise right here on the glue guys now back to talking about kevin durant do do you think should we do this now do you think Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Do, do you? Well, do you think? Um, I'll say this. I think an interesting bit of a obstacle in this whole situation is the Kyrie Irving shoulder surgery because I do think that Kevin Durant's decision is a little bit contingent on whether his buddy Kyrie is going to be suiting up. Um, so I'm, I'm legitimately worried about that because we've talked a lot about Kevin's health and the conspiracies about the fact that it's it's pretty good, you know, by all measures. Kyrie, less so. Not much information out there. And we're right at the sort of early end, I would venture to guess, of a comeback for that particular kind of surgery at um, July 31st. I think we talked about that. And I think that that's basically like that was the four month period. Uh, and it's like four to six months to come back from shoulder injury, right? Something like that. It is so crazy. So if you look up surgery from, there's a key component. And if you have a surgery from a shoulder impingement is whether there was rotator cuff damage or if there wasn't, because you could just have injury in shoulder impingement and then there not be rotator cuff damage necessarily. But most likely there is some kind of rotator cuff damage. We don't know that about Kyrie. All we know that the surgery was successful. And I put quotes around successful because it has never been unsuccessful surgery. And, and again, I ask the world of academia are there any prestigious Ivy League institutions that want to give Mike his well-deserved <laughs> PhD in orthopedics? Because I, if I don't know what's going on, if you don't um, do that. So, anyways, yeah, um, that's. I guess you're, that's you're hundred percent right, man. That it, it, Kyrie, Kevin Durant is healthy. Okay, uh, there's no question in my mind he's healthy. Timothy Luwalu Cabarro was on like a French podcast of some kind. TLC is from France, so it's not completely uh, a, a strange idea, but he was on a French podcast of some kind, and our friend of the show, Alex Sturm, um, d- translated what TLC was saying about Kevin Durant, and this is this was the quote, that Durant has been healthy for five months now, that <laughs> he is Good like quote. basically like incredibly tough to deal with when you play basketball with him, like in terms of like just like playing, like he's he's back to hundred percent, maybe even more better than where he left off, hundred and five percent possibly, based on what we've heard. 
but that TLC does not think Durant is going to come back. And there was some maybe loss in translation in the the how he said it or whatever, but that basically he doesn't think Durant is going to come back. Well, I know Alex Sturm comes from a French-speaking background, so um, I trust the translation. I trust the translation, too. So here's the here's the kind of the key thing, though, about KD is healthy. Hel- just he is straight out healthy, and the only decision he has to make is if it's worth it for him to come back. And contingent upon that is the Kyrie Irving element, which is what we discussed. And as we're saying right now, we have no real information that Kyrie Irving could be healthy. You know, what's interesting is my deep studies of uh, Achilles injuries is there was a pretty definitive timeline of when a guy would come back. Of course, there's variation and it could be nine months. It could be 12 months, whatever. But it was like pretty defined. This impingement surgery business, I have no clue. You go to all these different orthopedic websites. They'll say it could take one month to recover. It could take four months to recover. It could take a year to recover. And the only little bit of information we have about Kyrie Irving and whether he will play basketball this year is he took out an Instagram post, what was it, two weeks ago, that was a shot of some sneakers and a backpack and a wallet that he took at a basketball court showing off like a new pair of shoes of his. We could feel like that indicates that he's playing basketball, but really could have just been him promoting shoes. We've heard nothing about his rehab Partly because during Kevin Durant's rehab, it was being done at the practice facility. Christian Winfield from the Daily News, friend of the show as well, at least in our DMs, uh, would often tweet out videos of Kevin Durant working out. So we could see it. Kyrie's rehab is being done in, in, in darkness. We don't know what's happening with Kyrie because he's not doing it at the facility because no one's been allowed to really be in the facility for a very long period of time. And even if he is rehabbing he wouldn't have done it he's just not doing it at the facility to be regardless so we just don't have the information about Kyrie Irving if you're Kevin Durant do you Brian not come back if Kyrie Irving's not coming back oh that's such a tough one Mike that is such a tough one I know I'm like at 51.5 percent here that yes he comes back that's where I am you know but it's really it's that's a that's a small margin that's a small as I'll get well, 50.5 would be smaller. 50.1. 50.01. Even smaller than that. But anyways, it's a small margin. Just a thin margin of, I think he comes back because, like, a couple of things. I think that uh, Kevin Durant is uh, a person that is conscious of public perception. Loathe, as he may be, to admit that. I think that that plays a big part in his decision making. He's an emotional person. A sensitive soul. Um, there has been a lot of rumblings about whether he would come back or not. And I think that the biggest data point in this was the Olympic talk. And I think that having had that Olympic talk out there and then not coming back is maybe a PR mistake he might not be interested in making. Um, I think that coming back with a pretty hefty minutes restriction in that case makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, there's also like basketball reasons that it makes sense. Getting some reps in is not necessarily a bad thing for a person that's coming back from a severe injury. You know, getting comfortable playing the, at the professional speed and all that good stuff that doesn't happen on your three on threes, four on fours, or six on sixes in practice, like um, full speed or not. Yeah, and and if he if he waits until next season to come back, so Sham Sharani is reporting that the NBA is targeting to start next season around December first, which would have been a year and a half from Katie's injury last last season. 
Can we talk about that though? Just as please that data point. Um, what, so what does that mean? Does that mean that the NBA season is forever staggered in that way? Like, is that what's going to, because I mean, 82 game season, are they going to play a compact season the next time? Because otherwise now we've just like basically pushed the season back a like right. few months um, forever. So is, th- does that, was that mentioned at all? Not mentioned at all. I think it is though. Right? I mean, okay. You could slowly claw it back, right? You could, you could, you could decide if it's December 1st, this season, we're going to lop off 10 games so we can start the playoffs sooner. And then we the next season, we're starting it mid-November. And I guess... But the NBA... The NBA is losing so much money because of this season shutdown. Like, every sports league team, you know, every sports league at, that is out there. That the idea of eliminating some games for the following seasons just to get back to an arbitrary starting point... When already in the NBA, there was a desire to start the season around Christmas. Like to me, so Christmas has always been like this reported um, big date that like teams, some teams in the league wanted the league to start, right? Because that's when the biggest games are. It's when the NFL's regular season is done for the most part. And yeah, the regular season has playoffs, but the, the NBA could begin to dominate like Monday through Friday. And then the NFL and college football have the weekends, and then that finishes up by February. Like, if you start December 1st, what what is nice about that is the season begins, there are some games, and then you hit Christmas. And it kind of like, it really picks up for Christmas, and it gives you a little time. Because if we all remember, beginning of the season basketball is horrible. And I do think we have to remember that when we're about to, what games we're about to see here on July 31st. It's going to look pretty ugly. Like the NBA overall was looking pretty gnarly in a bad way. When the season began, there was so much player movement. And yeah, there's no player movement, quote unquote, in terms of like team guys switching teams. But they've just taken about as big of a break as most people ever take playing basketball. Like these guys just haven't played basketball. So it's going to look a little bit different. I don't know. I think I kind of do think like this is just. Like, we're just going to be living in December start times for the rest of our lives. Like, I don't know what would bring it back unless if you eliminated days, right? Unless if you eliminated three weeks of basketball one season and then three weeks of basketball the next season, that gets you back to your original start date. But to do that, you lose money. And is it worth it to lose money on that? Would you prefer, I mean, like, would you want the NBA to start? To me, it doesn't make any difference, frankly. Um, And what it would mean is that you get, NBA playoffs all summer. Just a delicious amount of NBA basketball all summer, as opposed to getting it only, you know, like the, you know, really would have, I think tonight would have been the start of the NBA finals. So we, we get no NBA basketball in the summer. We just get free agency, which is the most fun part. Yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter to me. I mean, um, the length of the season, the arguments are, I guess, part of it. Although, have you heard, did we talk about this, Mark Cuban's bit about instead of shortening the length of the season, you want to shorten the games themselves to 40 minutes? We we talked about that? No. So what's his, what's just overall that would save minutes? So basically what he's saying is that the, it's a, why people don't care about those games is because uh, it's not, it's not a matter of um, the action. He wants to make the in-game action more valuable rather than like more of it, of a less in-game active thing. And and he argues that at 40 minutes in some analytical sweep spot where you are incentivized to play your best players 
<clears throat> vastly more than like you know not not your best players um for like the entirety of the game so anyways there's um there's a lot of I'll go back and re- this is like from months and months ago that I looked at this. So, uh, but anyways, I thought that that was interesting. I'm sure that he's probably got onto something. Um, but yeah, in terms of like it's starting in, in October or December, I guess I, I guess I don't care. I just was like wondering if that was going to be a, a, the new paradigm and it seems possible that it is. Um, no. Yeah. Um, let's do this. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe? Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Basically a month. If you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a licensed U.S. physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides the treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel at any time. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com glue for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com glue for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Let's hit some emails. Yeah, good break. Great break. <laughs> Back to it. Um... <laughs> So we got some emails, and if you want to be part of the email sphere, the newly revitalized email sphere, please do join us at netspod at gmail.com. I'll say it again, N-E-T-S-P-O-D at gmail. <laughs> first off, we have Eddie America. A lot of good names in this week's uh, batch. Eddie America, first time, long time. I didn't say that, but I actually don't know that that's true. Maybe that's a guy that we've seen. Eddie America, what is the best starting lineup if KD and Kyrie are healthy? So this is... Parlaying from our previous conversation here, Mike, let's assume that they're back. Uh, what, what Eddie's thinking is, I'm thinking Kyrie, Harris, Katie, Chandler, and DJ to start, then bring in Karras and Spence to close depending on the matchup. KD could potentially play the five with Chandler, Karras, Spence, and Kyrie to close. Um, a couple things. First and foremost, have you seen, have you noticed the Karras Levert campaigning that he's put on? He did the, he's skipped ahead to the offseason. He's doing a midseason, I gained 15 pounds of muscle. Meme. Is that right? Uh, he's doing it. I mean, he's, it's not doing it. He's not saying I put on 15 pounds of muscle, <laughs> but he is putting on some, he's uploading pictures of some swole. Um, on, I, I'm on looking up Karras Levert's Instagram right now. That is the most important news we've had all day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or could have been on Twitter. I don't know, but yeah, sure. I saw a picture circulating of, of, of some swollen muscles. Um, um, yeah. So what's the, is the, what's the best starting lineup? Well, a couple of things, right? So it's yeah. basically like Karis Levert is, is uh, he's doing the meme, which is an important meme, which is the 15 pounds of muscle meme, yes. which means that he is, he's coming back with a vengeance. He wants everyone to know that he wants to play big time, prime time, even minutes on, the Brooklyn Nets this season as we go into the playoffs here. Um, so that's the big thing is, okay, so if all those guys are healthy, for me, the big question is, is Karras part of the starting lineup? Um, because that's, anything else is, I mean, like the Chandler, as Eddie says, I think Chandler starting is is interesting, but um, I, I don't know that that's like something that's super up for debate. I, I, I kind of doubt that he would be in there. Um, 
And I think what would happen instead is Katie goes to the four and Karis is at the three. Yeah, so I think it, it it's going to be Karis, Kyrie, KD, DeAndre, and then Joe Harris. But here's the thing. I mean, we, and this is fun to get back into these types of questions, Mike, because we often we, yes. we used to remember when we used to talk about these things. The thing is, do you want to if you have the kind of depth that we have, are you trying to spread it to all of your lineups or are you trying to create a centralized death death lineup a la championship warriors of years past? Well, there's an interesting thing to consider here, right? Which is like so Sean Marks had talked about in the past about like wanting more data essentially about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. He said specifically, like, he's going to use the input from Kyrie and Katie about which guys to keep around next year. I mean, that wasn't a direct quote, but that was the vibe of the quote. So there's there's so many benefits to Kevin Durant coming back and, of course, Kyrie Irving coming back. Um, by the way, Greg Logan from Newsday had a great point about Kyrie Irving this season where, like, when Kyrie was healthy, even when he was not healthy, he played or tried to play this year. And why would that suddenly change? If Kyrie Irving is healthy, let's say he is, why would he not play in this playoff? The whole season, even though he knew Kevin Durant was going to be there, he, Kyrie Irving, decided to put himself out there. But the benefit of getting Kyrie Irving Kevin Durant out there, and it's been said many times, which is like, we're going to get to learn what it's like when Karis LeVert's on the floor with them, Spencer Dinwiddie's on the floor with them. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see when I think Katie's going to come back, breaking news, and I, but I think it will be on some kind of minutes restriction at least early on. And if I'm the coaching staff and I'm Sean Marks from up above in management, I want those minutes to be with Karis LeVert and Kyrie, of course, because the Spencer Dinwiddie question is something separate. I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie's place on the team, like, yeah, he's kind of redundant when you have a healthy Kyrie Irving. But you could always use like a secondary ball handler of the level of Spencer Dinwiddie. Karras is the bigger question because he's not quite good enough to be a ball handler leading a team on, on offense. Not quite. He's not a shooter. He's an athletic force that has some herky-jerky moves that he can get off at random times. But that is a usage guy. That's a guy who needs the ball in his hands to be effective. I need to see I, – I, as Jacques Vaughn coach – as Sean Marks, general manager, I need to see Karis LeVert out there with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I need to see what that looks like because that is the biggest question beyond health for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving facing the team. Can Karis figure out a role with those two superstars? Because if he can, I don't trade Karis LeVert because my potential of Karis LeVert, the cost of Karis LeVert, it, like by literally his salary cap cost and hit the cost of not having to trade him for someone else with a bunch of other pieces saves me so many assets that I could use in multiple different ways. It's a good question though, Eddie. And, and one that I don't think is like, I mean, there's, there's the, there's the political reasoning and that, and for that reason, I think like Karis Levert goes into that starting lineup. I don't think that, I think you might be onto something that it makes more basketball sense to have. Cause I don't think Karis compliments either of those two players that well naturally. You know, he has to do some real adjusting. I'm not even sure that, you know, Kyrie and Kevin Durant complement each other in the first place. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, throwing in a third wrench in the works, potentially how that goes. That's sort of the issue of this whole team, as I see, like, it's it's why I think our ceiling is so high, but also our basement is, like, fairly low. Because, like, if I, if we've talked about, does Kara Spencer and, um, 
Kyrie, do are they compatible? And if so, how? And I kind of put their compatibility at like I think like sixty percent is what I said. Like they're like sixty percent compatible. And I don't know that throwing Kevin Durant in there makes them any more <laughs> compatible. I think it might make them less compatible. So um, it is going to take some like legitimate coaching wizardry to make this like really click uh, to like a championship level kind of click. Um, well, and it's going to take Karis Levert completely like giving off all usage, right? Like he, he's going to have to, and he, that's the big thing. Yeah. It's, it's like, he needs to figure out some other things to be doing. Yeah. yeah and he's sure. not like a ball hog. I'm not saying that he's not Monte Ellis or something. He's not, not though. I mean, I hate, I hate to say it. Like, I know I've been hard on Karis. Yeah, I'm sensitive to that because everyone loves Karis, but like on, we've talked about this. It's when he's engaged and those those games that are like Karis Levert games, he looks great and it's and it's great. But it's oftentimes where he's like saving the day and it's not like within the context of a bunch of things are going right. And also Karis goes off. It's mostly like things are going wrong. and Karis righted the ship. So to me, like the perfect Karis Levert to be with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving is is like I'll compare Scotty Pippen to last dance. But it's basically like it's Scotty Pippen had pretty high usage. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he did. He wasn't like a guy who continually passed off the ball. Even though Last Dance made it seem like Scottie Pippen barely touched the ball and he was just moving it along. Like, yeah, no, just, he was, a, just all hockey assists. All yeah, game. no, he <laughs> yeah. was. He controlled the ball yeah. quite a bit. He was a point forward. And they did mention that, of course, too, in the doc. But, like, Karis LeVert needs to be defense-focused and he needs to be activity. Getting re- offensive rebounds and putting them back. He needs to be the guy who maybe even setting picks for Kyrie at times. So then he kind of roll, he can do a little pick and roll action with the guy off of Kyrie and Levert needs to find sort of the seams from which he needs to fit in when he's going to play with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And, but I need to see that. And that's why he needs to be starting. You can't put him on the bench. You can't make him like the lead dog on the bench. And I put Joe Harris out there because you're going to want one of the best shooters in the NBA to be getting open looks when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are doing the most amazing things that we've ever seen on a basketball court. One of the things that Karis could immediately like, I'm just reminded of it because of Joe Harris, but like backdoor cuts, just get good. Just get really good at, at doing backcourt backdoor cuts. I think that that's like a perfect thing that I just don't really like when I think of Karis, I never think of like, Oh, that's a smart, low intensity play that he just like got a quick bucket. It's always very arduous, hard fought points. <laughs> um, but I think he had, I think he has that in him because of his arduous game. Show, that shows like on court intelligence to do the things that he does. Because while I can say he is very athletic, which he is, because that like that Boston game, he looked quiet, looked very quiet. But the way he usually he looked, scores, quiet because he was doing all those mid range jumpers. That was a ton of jump. Yeah, love it. Love mid range. <laughs> yeah. Give me the mid range. Wow. Um, but and like so, Torian Prince gets moved to the bench, which is what right now is where Torian should be. Anyways, it would, I think that will really help Torian to be on the bench. Uh, didn't So like what's kind of incredible if Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant come back and we'll get to more emails, of course, let's say it's, let's say it's just Kyrie, Karis, Joe Harris, Ke- uh, Kevin Durant and Deandre Jordan. One, that's a pretty, that's a decently long team to have both KD and Deandre Jordan and Karis LeVert out there as your basic, he's going to guard all the wings. Joe Harris will probably have to just man up like the point guard initially. And then I don't know, Kyrie's just going to stand in the corner defensively pretty good size your second unit spencer dinwiddie garrett temple wilson chandler torian prince jared allen that's that during the darkest days of the nets would have been an idyllic starting lineup we would have 
we would have prayed at the altar for that type of a starting lineup back when we had Isaiah Whitehead and Sean Kilpatrick as our backcourt. So it's kind of like when you slot in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that's exciting. And then when you push back Spencer Dinwiddie, 20 point per game score, Garrett Temple, a very steadying force. Um, Torian Prince, a guy who was starting all year. Now he's moved to the bench. Jared Allen, a guy who started all year, now moved to the bench. And Wilson Chandler, someone who I think is my favorite follow on Twitter. And that matters on the basketball Yeah, that matters. Um, Eddie, you can tell we're excited to talk about rotation hijinks because we went (laughs) long on that email. Sorry. Um, Next up is Cheerboy Leroy Green. Um, and this is just because I wanted to get a sample of exactly the kind of logic that I'm, that I was talking about with the, will KD play without Kyrie situation? Leroy says, why wouldn't KD play? He's clearly healed. It was over a year by the, by the time he plays a game, he was planning on playing the Olympics on a neutral site. We actually have a chance against anyone with a fully healthy squad. Am I missing something? Love the show, Leroy. Love you, Leroy. And thank you for sort of typifying exactly the kind of energy that Kyrie or sorry, that KD will be facing if he does gently bow out of the the rest of the season. Um, I think it'll be, I think it will not help his PR. I I think it is. And I think he's very aware of that. That's my, that's my weird little side argument. Okay. And you think it won't help his PR because he's already floated out there previously that he would be there for the Olympics. Right. I think people have talked enough about these like little glimpses of return and, and uh, you know, the, the practice, as you mentioned, often the practice conversations happened months and months ago. Um, all the timelines seem to say that this would be a pretty generous, pretty wide berth for for when someone would come back from that kind of injury. So, yeah, well, people and then people are a little bit tired of the conversations about load management and stuff like that. And, you know, treating star players with kid gloves and blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. I, I don't really have a dog in that race, but people do definitely care. Um, and it's because of that. And those that could be a very vocal minority but it also i don't know i don't know what percentage of the audience that makes up but it's definitely the kind of audience that gets at kd on twitter for sure (laughs) um and so for those for those for those reasons maybe i think he catches wind of of some of that energy i don't know i i I agree i think i think for multiple reasons he's going to come back one because he's healthy yes i've said it again i'll say it again two He's been itching to come back. He's a competitive guy. His whole his whole life has been based around his excellence on the basketball court. I know he's a tremendous investor, and he does a bunch of million different things, but all of it is based around what he does on the basketball court. If we learn one thing from the last dance is that, like Michael Jordan talked about repeatedly, the reason why I was a, became a billion-dollar industry of myself is because of what I did on the basketball court. Everything fed off of that, and that also exists for Kevin Durant. He's not so far afield on the entertainment circuit that he's uninterested in basketball. Basketball, we know from our conversations with Chris Chioza and Timothy Luelo Caparo, Durant is like a competitive SOB. Chioza told us that when Durant would lose a game in rehab, he would play. He would basically force everyone to play another game so he could eventually win. And that's not like... Yeah, I didn't mean that that's the only reason. I just want to make sure that that's clear. He is what? one of the world's best professional basketball players. I thought you were like adding those other things because like that's maybe the, the only... No, 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 no. That's not the only reason. As all my comments, has nothing to do with what you said. It's all about, you know, me trying to... Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to yeah. add that extra data point. <laughs> I didn't... I, I know... All, yeah, all the other stuff. For but sure. so he's going to be healthy. He's competitive SOB. And three, it's like... 
just look at the landscape of his life for the past year. He gets hurt in the Western Conference semifinals. He comes back in the finals, and within 13 minutes of gameplay, he is he tears his Achilles. But he forces himself to come back in the finals in a pretty dire situation. The the Warriors are facing elimination, and he comes back, and he gets hurt, and now he's out. And if I'm Kevin Durant, we know he's been rehabbing extremely hard. Everything we heard from Kenny Atkinson, Sean Marks, all the players around him. Kevin Durant is rehabbing very hard. And he has an opportunity to play a limited amount of basketball games. This is the time to do it. This is a really nice opportunity. This is this is in a full season and it's almost better for his rehab because of it. It's it's he's going to get a training camp, he's going to get preseason games, he's going to get eight regular season games and then he's going to get the playoffs if, if the Nets do their job. You know? That's that's in total 12 to 18 to 24 games if the Nets win the, you know, win the NBA championship, which may happen. So that's a nice like summer of basketball to then take more time off and then play basketball in December when this season starts again. If he waits, that means he wouldn't have played from he basically wouldn't have played from mid-May of 2019 to December of 2020. That's an insane amount of time for a guy who his whole life has been back. It'd be like you and I not podcasting for a year and a half. It's a long time. For a vocal cord injury. Okay, that's the that's the last Kevin Durant injury for, for a while. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Literally I was every, like... day, every day I'm going to talk about it. Okay. All right, fair. Um, next up is Wes ACC. Are you ready for this? Oh, thank you, by the way, for to Leroy. Um, yeah. Netspot at gmail.com. I agree with uh, Leroy. Any possibility of Carroll coming back on the vet men? Um, talking about Damari Carroll. He wasn't that effective this year for the Spurs or Rockets, but it was only a season ago when he was a super solid role player for us. If we added him back on a vet min and he returned to form, it'd be a huge bargain. Just curious to see what you all think. Um, interesting. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love me some Damari Carroll. Um, I don't know. What, what is the, like... Um, what is the ability to add or drop players? Have they actually gotten into any of that kind of like waiver wire talk yet? I've seen some different details. So like part of like previous proposals, and I don't know if it existed because I did not see it in the NBA press because the NBA put out a press release today. Some teams had wanted them to expand rosters to 17 plus do keep on the two-way guys. So to allow teams to keep some people on two-way, but then add people because the thinking is there are going to be players who contract coronavirus during this time. And then if like, let's say a team lost three players in one moment, then they're at a, like an extreme disadvantage if we don't expand roster sizes. Cause you know, like they're not going to play all 17, but if you lose three players to the virus at a different point, you know, having a buffer. And I think you would be able to, so if that scenario exists, you would be able to sign people. Yes, you would. And Damari would be a guy I think would, would probably be in a little bit of demand because he's seems to be a guy that you could just insert onto any team. He's probably one of the better non-rostered uh, NBA players right now. Well, what's interesting is, is you can't insert him on any team because on half the teams you insert him on, it just seems to not go well at all. But then sometimes <laughs> he gets inserted on a, If it's Hawks or Nets, it's good. If it's Raptors, Spurs, or Houston, it's bad. Yeah. Um, so pick. You got to choose wisely here with Damari. 
Yeah. So I, you're get. I mean, the what's going to be if they do expand the rosters, and I don't think they've really announced that yet. If there are or not going to do it, there will be like the, you know there'll be an extra forty four jobs out there in the NBA. Now probably most of it will be filled by two way guys, just because that'll that's a good way to benefit the two way people and. All, everything that could be, they're already part of your organization. You kind of know what you're expecting out of it, but there will be some teams that will be like, Hey, we should sign Damari Carroll because he can be that. And maybe the Nets would be that. I don't know. It's one of those things where like, they probably could have already had him if, if they had wanted him and they don't want him. So they're probably uninterested in Damari Carroll, but I love the thinking. I love the question by Wes because it is like, there's all these unique little possibilities that could come out of this. And one of them could be this expanded roster size. And then who do each of these teams target to sort of use those roster spots if they do? I think some teams just wouldn't even pay extra people because, frankly, NBA owners aren't trying to look to add money in any circumstance. So, um, But I support Damari Carroll's uh, run here with the Brooklyn Nets. Damari Carroll, 2020. Next up is your boy Luis Torres. Says, bubble fudget, why not? Not sure. What does it mean? Don't know. Could you just try, I was trying it. to piece that together. What is that? Can you hear my my cat? Yeah, of course, of course. But it's freaking because you know why? Because the air conditioner's off. And you can't have the air conditioner oh. on our podcast, and so now everyone's everyone's heating up over here. Um, speeding through it. Bubble fudge it. Why not? Bubble bubble fudge it. Why not? Bubble fudge it. Why not? I don't know. Um, shoutouts to Robbie Rose, Lou Estevez, as always. Um, probably gonna write you guys back because they wrote some nice notes for us, Mike, about our last podcast yeah. there. That's very, very appreciative. Um, they did some nice stuff. Um, other than that, I think that's good. We shouldn't, I should yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you to everybody who wrote emails and also keep them coming because we're going to do lots and lots more, especially in the next two months while we're ju- tempted by the specter of actual, you know, news for, it's going to continue to happen where we actually don't have true news to talk about. <laughs> um, so it'll be good to um, continue to have some emails to go through. Yeah. And, and again, we're just going to be, pounding kevin like we're every update about kevin during Kyrie Irving when it happens i i the one, one final thing my one final thing <laughs> I, didn't, is like, I didn't mean to disparage you like I, I, no, no, no. I we we should know pretty soon like yeah. whether it's gonna happen like you know training camp is supposed to start till july 1st so that there of course there's about a month until then but guys are gonna have to begin to report to team facilities in local markets in about two weeks or three weeks do they just show up? Do you have to make an announcement? I mean, like, is Kevin Durant just going to quietly go into those practices, or do you think there's going to be some kind of explosive? <laughs> oh my god, IG if, post. If the Nets, if the, if he comes back, but then they do like this slow play where like Durant shows up and they're like, oh, he's just rehabbing, and like, don't you realize do that's exactly what's going to happen. Don't do this to me, Sean You're, Marks. You've spoken it into existence now. Please, Brooklyn Nets, if Kevin Durant comes back if you guys know that he is coming back if kevin durant himself knows that he's going to come back this season make a big deal of it no let's oh, sp- because to, to spite you mike because they know that that's going to be the retweet of your dreams and you're not going to get it you're not going to get it that's what they're going to basketball <laughs> is fun sports ah. is entertainment this is fun let's not treat it as if this is a state secret Please don't do a slow roll of, oh, he's just rehabbing. Our facility is open for rehab. Kevin is in here rehabbing. Oh, we don't think he's going to come back. Just announce, like, do it big. Just go explode it out to the masses. Get the Goodyear blimp, paint it black and white, and paint Kevin is coming back. And just let it float over the sky. 
thank you all for listening. This was a, a true delight. It's very exciting. Special, special. Again, times. we're gonna be on it like ticks on a deer's behind. Yeah, buried in deep. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Thanks to everybody. Yeah. Five stars. We want them. We need it. We gotta have a mic. Thank you for having me. Yeah.